Welcome to the Best Ever You Network, celebrating our third year on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Thank you for helping us become a number one rated live show with over one million global listeners. Our team is on a mission to help you discover your authentic best self and bring it to the world. And now, here's our show. Jill, Mrs. Iowa, are you there? I am. How are you? I am so sorry. Hi, it's Elizabeth. We are live on the air with Mrs. International 2015, Jill Breeze Bar. And um, I want to make sure I say Breeze Bar, Breeze Bar correctly. Uh, do you go by that full name? I do. Yeah, we're um, sorry about that. We had um, we had a little bit of a, a lag here with baseball. <laughs> I'm just rushing from the baseball fields to get here, so I apologize for yeah. the little bit of wait, everybody. Yeah, but I welcome no, you. that is okay. Yeah, you know how it goes. Being a, I'm a mom of four. You're a, how many kids do you have? I have two, and we just finished up our baseball season, so I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, the the baseball it messes with dinner. It messes with radio shows, <laughs> but it's fun, isn't it? Isn't baseball just a blast? Uh, it is. Now, my baseball player is just finishing up his year in T-ball, so I'm really excited oh. to see, you know, where he's going to go. He's grown a little bit, and he seems to enjoy it, so uh, it's really fun to watch him. Yeah, I remember the T-ball days. We've, we're now probably in our 20th year of baseball, I think, because all of our kids are bigger, and uh, our oldest is uh, going to be 20 tomorrow. And uh, I can remember him it, in T-ball at about age four, and just be, they're just so cute in T-ball. <laughs> but I remember oh, going to the fields. Yeah, I remember going to the T-ball fields and looking over to my right at the really big kids on the field over to the right, thinking, "Wow, those are huge kids!" And they were the high school kids. So yeah, it, you know, a, a lot has happened in the twenty years, but. Enough about baseball, but that's why we're running a little bit late, and I just want to thank you so much for being on the show, and um, want to just get into um, your reign as Mrs. Iowa and your upcoming pageant and, and everything. If you want to just start, you're, you're competing in the Mrs. International pageant. Tell us about that. Well, it has been a wonderful ride so far. Uh, I, I remember the day that I was called and uh, actually, I didn't go through a state pageant, so it's kind of a little bit different process. I was appointed, and I had an interview process to go through that. Um, and so I remember the, the time that I got my call, and I was just over the moon um, because it's a new experience for me and a great chance for me to grow and to learn. And so I've just kind of taken it and, and went uh, feet on the ground, I guess. And I've really been able to do a lot of activities. Um, the, the title has really given me a lot of opportunities that I may have not had before or, you know, gotten some more attention for some of the activities that I'm doing, which is a, it's a great vehicle. And so I've been very fortunate to be a part of the international family. And, and I'm just so excited to compete um, in Jacksonville. And that's coming up in less than two weeks. So wow. it's, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, a little nervous, I'll be quite honest with you, but um, just excited at the same time. I'm excited to meet all the different women from the other states and from around the world. Um, they're just amazing. We've been able to, to kind of talk with each other uh, on Facebook and get to know each other a little bit more uh, that way, and they're just doing some amazing things. 
It's, it's a really it's neat pageant. I've, I've competed as Mrs. Maine a few years ago now, and um, it's, it's, it really has some of the highest quality women with platforms and a mission, and it's, it's not like a, you know, sure, everybody's beautiful, and you have gowns and shoes and hair and, you know, all that fun stuff, too, but it seems to me, as I, my experience with this pageant over the years is that the, the, everybody there has something that they want to talk about, something that they're passionate about. We call it a platform in, in the pageant world. Um, have, you, have you found that to be true? You know, as Miss Iowa, are you going around talking about a certain um, cause or, or what's your platform that you're going to be? If you were Mrs. International, what would your platform be? How's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, my platform is volunteerism, and it it was really easy for me to choose. I thought at first, you know, that might be kind of broad because it's not just one specific organization, but it's something that I grew up doing. Uh, I had my first volunteer experience um, for the American Legion. I helped uh, sell poppies and also helped decorate graves. And so, you know, just growing up and, and join, joining 4-H and doing community betterment projects and, and citizenship and leadership, things like that, you know, it, it's really close to my heart. And so I want others to be able to know the joy of volunteering, you know, not only the service that they're giving to others, but the joy that that brings the individual uh, and the sense of accomplishment. And I just want everybody to know, I want to shout it from the, the mountaintops. And so that is my platform. I've been able to, just because I am so involved, I chose the angle of using social media and just by having a servant's heart and by actually doing the work myself, I thought maybe we could highlight different opportunities because I don't think there's really just a a one-size-fits-all. And so by highlighting different opportunities that there are out there, you know, maybe we we could speak to somebody and say, you know, hey, how about how about you? You're passionate about helping animals. You know, here's a an opportunity at a shelter. Have you thought about that? Or, you know, you really enjoy working with children. Here, you know, we're going to read to the class today. Is that something that you could do? You know, and just giving those opportunities and demonstrating and showing those, uh, I, I thought would be a good vehicle to to help promote volunteerism and then also, you know, see if we could get some more people involved. That's a great idea, connecting people to causes and and places that they can volunteer, especially at at the high school level. I know our high school here has a requirement even to graduate that you must have 30 hours of volunteer service logged in through your years in the high school to even graduate. And um, Mm -hmm. I, I notice a lot of the kids are even like, well, what am I supposed to do? What do they mean by that? And um, so I think that's neat that you're doing that, matching people up to to how they can help or what they're interested in. And I notice you have a hashtag in social media that goes with that. It's, it's hashtag serve love volunteer, and, and that's your hashtag that goes with your initiative, correct? Correct. Yes, that is mine. And then I also have one for Volunteer Iowa, which I can touch on in just a second, and that one is What's Your 50? Uh, and if I could just quite, if I could go into the What's Your 50 program real quick, um, that's yes. kind of my, the other part of volunteerism. And that's a specific Iowa initiative that aims at asking people to volunteer 50 hours a year. And now they say, you know, why, why 50? What's so special about 50? And research has shown that that's kind of the tipping point 
between maximizing the the benefits both for the volunteer and then also the organization or entity that they're volunteering for. And, you know, at first I looked at it and I was like, oh, 50, 50 hours. But then you think about it and you do the math a little bit, you know, that's that's less than an hour a week. And and some activities that you can do, you know, are a couple hours long. You know, bing, bang, boom, you've got, you know, that part done. But um, it's just a, a first good goal to strive for because you're going to start maximizing those benefits. Um, you're more than likely to return as a volunteer once you kind of reach that threshold. And that's really, you know, research is, is showing that that's kind of the amount that's needed to maximize the health benefits as well. So that's what I've been using to, to promote that. So, yeah, people yeah, will definitely check out Serve Love Volunteer and What's Your 50? What's Your 50, yeah. And for people that don't know what a hashtag is, which we encounter people every day that don't know what hashtags are, um, a hashtag, if you, if on the Internet, even in Google, if you put hashtag Serve Love Volunteer or hashtag What's Your 50, um, it's a way to search on all the social media and all the content that comes up under that hashtag. And so um, it's it's kind of like talking to the computer. It's a, it's almost like a computer language, but it also shows trends on Twitter and so forth under that particular hashtag. Um, so we do yeah, a lot of hashtag training here on, on the Best Ever You Show, a lot of social <laughs> media training here and there for people that just don't quite get it. I hear people going, I'll never use a hashtag. And I'm like, yes, you will. <laughs> I promise you, you'll <laughs> use a hashtag because you have to. And you know it's, um, it's you'll funny. You'll even hashtag your name. <laughs> That's right. It reminds yeah. me of that Jimmy Fallon skit from Saturday Night Live, you know, the hashtag. But, yeah, it's it's a good way to organize thoughts in kind of a, a single stream, and so that's why I thought that I would uh, have that and be able to utilize that too. And I encourage, you know, people, if they're out doing volunteer activities as well, to use the hashtag and, and link right in so other people can discover what you're doing too. So a whole, people, a whole bunch of people just joined us. I really apologize for being late, and I thank you all for being patient. And we'll make up the 15 minutes um, at the end of the show. Um, it will go into record mode, and so people might have to um, click on the link to listen to the rest of the show. But we're pro- I'm probably going to hold you over a little bit, if you don't mind, so we cover everything that we're trying to cover. Um, but I, did, I, I, I drove not fast and not speeding <laughs> to to get here. And uh, so I apologize, but I thank you all for joining us. I see people in the chat room and, and all that. If you want to ask Jill a question, you can call us at 714-868-0220. I forgot to say my name at the beginning of the show because I was just panicked that I wasn't going to get here in time. I'm Elizabeth. Um, I'm the host of the Best Ever You Show. And uh, I I love Iowa. I just wanted to say that I'm from Iowa. I was raised in Iowa. I'm a PV girl. Go Pleasant Valley. And um, you and I, we got to get full and fair disclosure here. <laughs> we're kind of related. <laughs> yes. Very related. Um, so long uh, time down. Kind of, I think we're, we're kind of surprised. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anybody listening, I I think we're like cousins. We're we're trying to figure it out, and I'm like, how am I related? You're my my aunt Barbara's your Mark's daughter your Mark's son's wife correct that's what I thought okay so we're totally twice <laughs> <laughs> removed you know third yeah right we're a little bit removed but yeah we're basically you know related my aunt Barbara I love my aunt Barbara and Uncle Bob and Billy and Lenora and everybody so shout out to everybody in Iowa we love you guys and, yes. and Mark and and everybody and what's your husband's name my husband's name is Mike. Mike, okay, yep, I know that. I just wanted to make sure we mention him. 
and um, your kids. And he's are. listening right now too. So hi, Mike. <laughs> um, your kids are. Um, my son's name is Christian, uh-huh. and he is eight, going into yep. third grade, and he is really awesome. And I have a daughter, Kate, and she is three, and she is a little spitfire, love her to death. <laughs> and so cute. And what is your family? What, is, what do Mike and your kids think of this whole pageant thing? And mommy with the banner and the crown. And have you been in? Are they used to it? Have you been in these before? Um, I know you sing, like beautifully yeah. sing. I heard you sing the national oh. anthem on on YouTube. I I was trying to play it, but I don't think it'll quite work in the background here. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does everybody think of Mom being Mrs. Iowa? You know, I sometimes I think it doesn't phase them, but sometimes I think that they're really proud. Um, I have been to my son's school before, and we've done some volunteer work there. And so they kind of, you know, since I visited the school and, and the rest of his classmates got to see me in that capacity, you know, rather than just Christian's mom, um, which is my other name. And, uh, and so they say hi to me, you know, and, and they don't call me Christian's mom anymore. They call me Mrs. Iowa. So it, it's kind of neat, and I think he's really proud of that fact. Um, Kate, you know, she's not really quite old enough to to understand. You know, she looks at the crown and the banner, and, and she just thinks it's pretty because she likes sparkly things. You know, she's she's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. um, it's It's been a neat experience, though, because it's really my – it's my first national pageant. Um, it is the second – pageant that I've ever done in my whole life and I really I really chose pageantry because I think it has so much to offer now I'm not obviously not a, a young spring chicken uh, but I don't think that you're really too old to outgrow your dreams and it's something that I've always wanted to do but something that I've never really been brave enough to do. Um, you know, I've always kind of had those those thoughts of, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, or, you know, whatever the case is. And so it really kind of hindered me, but I really kind of reached this this pinnacle in my life where I'm like, you know what, just go for it. You know, you, yeah. you have nothing to lose. And so um, I w- was fortunate enough to, to win this title. And so, you know, I think... They're excited for me. You know, we do have regular talks about, you know, there are some sometimes that we have to sacrifice, um, you know, or I need to be doing something. Um, but Mike really just picks up the pieces and does a great job, you know, of being there. We're, we're working really well as a family unit um, together by doing this. And we're really growing as a family, I think, as well. Um, one of the things that's really important to me is to be able to take the kids and and Mike and and do these volunteer experiences as a family together. I just really think it's important to to impress upon the youth that you know service isn't isn't something that you know is a chore or you know is is just required. I I want them to grow up with that heart of doing good for others. Um, because it's only going to benefit them in the long run, and it's going to benefit your communities, your, you know, your state, your nation, and your world. So it's it's imperative to me that I take them to as many functions as I can. And they've had a great time so far. 
yeah, the, the yeah. ones that we we have been to. Yeah, people really uh, take to them. I look at your pictures online. I see your your family just kind of going with you from thing to thing and event to event, and it looks like you guys are just having a, just a blast. My uh, my yeah, impression we, of the whole thing is just what a fun year, and all it looks like you're just creating so many wonderful memories. I think we are. I mean, we've gotten you know we've had lots of fun doing racing. Um, that is something that, and we can kind of you know talk about it more. Um, because I'd like to talk about uh, my health story too, but um, one of the things that we'd like to do, and that's kind of our tradition that we've started um, over the past couple of years is is doing races together, uh, like charity 5K, you know, smaller races. And we compete as a family. Uh, sometimes, you know, Mike's a little bit more competitive, so he likes to actually, you know, run for time. And But some of the fun runs and things out there, you know, it's benefiting a good cause, and, and we're all together. We're all getting physical activity and it's just neat, you know, for us to be together and do that. And and um, I have been to uh, some of the nursing homes, and I, I talk there. I sing there quite often and share some time. And the kids go with me, and all the people just it, their eyes light up when the kids are in the room. And you know, they're at the age where they're just their entertainment. <laughs> Whatever comes out of their mouth, well, sometimes you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth, but you know, it's funny. And and people just. Just love it, and that way we can we can all be together and spend as much time together and make this experience a family experience, which is really you know what international pageants is is all about it's celebrating yeah. married women and family life, and you know that's why I looked at it and I said, "You know what if I'm going to do something, this one's for me yeah, this system it's not like a a my experience anyway was. It wasn't a throwdown of who's the prettiest, skinniest, youngest, you know, that type of thing. This pageant, to me, at the national level, and, and at the state level, too, I think is, is so looking for that quality representative who is smart, can talk about their platform, can engage others, engage the community, you know, even the international community, uh, you know, on a large scale um, to get people involved with your platform and your reign and everything. I mean, I I love the the current Mrs. International. Doesn't she have a neat platform? Have you met Maggie yes. yet? I have. Yeah. I was so fortunate to meet Maggie in person uh, when I went to help with the um, Lincoln race, uh, Race for Soul that she uh-huh. had. And I had just thought, you know what, Lincoln's, it's only about three and a half hour drive from where we live. So it was you know, I said, this is the time. we got to meet her. She seems like such a phenomenal person, and so we got to help her out. And so, yeah, we registered for the race. We were just actually going to participate in it, and then she called me up and, and asked me to be, you know, involved in, in helping with some of the other activities that they were doing uh, throughout the day. Uh, she had also invited our South Dakota um, queens as well, and so I got the honor of meeting Mrs. South Dakota, Charlene, and it was it was just neat to meet them all in person. And I love the platform. Um, you know, she's she's got it going on. You know, she's just <laughs> yeah. wonderful, and she is such an awesome representative. Yeah, and you'll you'll notice too when you go to the national level that um, you know when you're younger, everybody's really competitive. Um, especially at a national level in pageants. And I'm not saying this isn't competitive, but it's a little bit more, my experience was it was a little bit more collaborative and people were a notch more mellow and actually helpful to one another. Like when I was there, um, 
I felt a little bit lost. You know, I'm I'm not the tallest. I'm not the thinnest. I was in my 40s, you know, that kind of thing. And I felt a little bit out of place, not going to lie. And, like, I had the wrong socks for something, and Deanna Lins gave me her socks. Um, I didn't have my hair quite right for something, and Mrs. Texas dropped what she was doing and helped me with my hair. Um, Mrs. Alabama gave me a couple dresses. It was really cool. Um, the way everybody pitched in, I thought, to help you be better. I know they did to help yeah. me be better, and I noticed it across the board with everybody. Everybody was helping everybody. It wasn't, like, crazy competitive. Oh, well, that? That's good to hear. <laughs> Isn't it good to hear? I know. You're helping me out here. You're, you're prepping me pretty good. Um, yeah. I well, actually had talked to um, one of the former title holders from Iowa, and yeah. she said, you know, this you – walking out of this experience are not going to be the same person that you were walking in. And she said it is only for the better. So I, I'm just really looking forward to just embracing the whole experience and, you know, being a part of a, a sisterhood uh, of women that, yeah, are, are really set on helping each other out because, you know, what do we have to gain by putting each other down? We don't. You know, let's celebrate each other. Celebrate the accomplishments. You know, use it for networking. You know, you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from or, you know, any type of thing that way, which is also the same with volunteering. Um, and so I just, I'm trying to get myself as prepared as possible uh, and try to relieve some of that stress beforehand so I can just go down and enjoy the week, make the most of it, uh, because it's, it's truly a, a great lifetime experience yeah i know i i met a gal there um the gal who gave me two of her dresses i know at this point that literally if i ever had anything really go wrong and i needed her i think she would drop what she's doing get on the plane and come here that's how good of friends you make it's it's just cool i can't quite explain her she'd mail me another dress or you know a card or whatever and just really cool really sweet people so um, yeah, well, that's good. And with the way that I pack, you know, odds are that I'm probably going to forget something or lose something. Your so. <laughs> Ladies, I'll be looking for you. <laughs> yeah, remember to leave room for the stuff you bring home, too, because your bag weighs, for some, I don't know how that works, but for some reason I'm like, you know, this bag weighs way more than it did even when I arrived. It's like I need another suitcase. Um, it was really bizarre, all the stuff you get from everybody else. The um, The pageant has a... Um, a heart component, I believe, still, Go Red for Women. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, they yeah. do have an affiliation with Go Red for Women. Yeah, and that was kind of proudest. Another... Oh, go ahead. Oh, you you first. No, <laughs> you're funny. I was just going to say, that was one of my proudest moments of being in the pageant um, when I was there because I won the Go Red for Women part. I had raised the most money for that or- organization um, and won that award. Um and the reason why I say that is because in our family, and I'm just going to use it as a as a large family between my family, your family, you know, everybody extended, there are a lot of heart issues. Um, I know my dad's a stroke survivor who lives in AFib. And so heart, everything heart awareness, whether it's male or female, um, young or old, is super important to me. And you have your own heart story. Do you want to? I do. And yeah, I would love to talk about that. And I I do want to 
just back up one second because they still do have the Go Red um, People's Choice option. So if I could just use this minute for a shameless plug, uh, yeah. you can go to mrsinternational.com and click on the contestant link, and um, you'll see all of the, the wonderful women there. Of course, I'd love if you would, you would pick mine and pick Iowa, and um, there's two tabs on it this year. They did something a little a little different. They added something new, but at the bottom, I believe, is is the link. It's red button. It says go red, and then on the right hand side is a link that says people's choice. Um, the go red component is yes, you put in your votes for the contestant of your choice. Uh, half of the money that is raised for that will go to the um, American Heart Association to go red for women, and then the other half will be given to the contestant um, to use, you know, as they choose. And I've got a couple um, nonprofits here in Iowa that I would like to donate my half to if I was chosen. And that would be um, the Clay County Fair Charitable Trust, um, Iowa State Extension, Clay County 4-H, and then uh, Alpha Z Delta in uh, Cedar Falls at the University of Northern Iowa, which is I was a part of that when I was in college. So, yeah, so that was uh, my, my shameless plug there, but... Uh, both of me. Uh, yeah, anyways. exactly, because you're raising money for a great cause. And, um, you know, the, it's it's a lot of money that they raise for this pageant. It's, that's what we mean about, you know, platforms and raising money and volunteering and all that stuff. But the, pla- the well, pageant as a, as a whole supports Go Red. And that doesn't mean that the winner has to have their platform Go Red. You can have your platform anything, but throughout your reign, I think you're expected to also talk about Go Red. Is that correct still? It, it is. And I've had the, the the pleasure of being able to work at a couple different Go Red for Women events or American Heart Association events in Iowa um, so far in my reign. And I've helped out at the Go Red for Women luncheon in Sioux City, which would be the chapter. Um, and I've actually signed on as a volunteer, so I, I continue to look forward to helping them, you know, even past Mrs. International. But um, that I helped out with. Um, I've also been to the Quad Cities for their Heart Ball, and that was a great fundraiser for them. Uh, I have, <laughs> I helped out with Jump Rope for Heart, and yeah, that, cool. that was awesome. That was one of our, uh, the biggest fundraisers that I found out um, in Iowa for them. And it's the most participation with, with the young people and the most money raised. They raised over $19,000 in the short amount of time that they were out. But we, uh, I jumped with the kids, and we jumped rope for an hour and 45 minutes. And, I, you know, I'm in pretty decent shape. <laughs> a long shape. time to jump uh, rope. But the next morning, I could not walk. <laughs> My calves yeah. hurt so badly. And they're yeah, all fine, was, aren't they? You know, they're like eight and like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know. And, oh, getting older. Anyways, but it was just a great experience, you know, to be able to talk with the kids. And there were actually some people there that come back to the event every year because their family has been affected by heart disease. So okay, I guess I'll kind of use that to transition into into my experience. Um, and I will note real quick that... Uh, uh, I'll get into that in a second. Um, but I I just wanted to say that life is important and it, you just never know, you know, in the blink of an eye when things are going to change. And so, um, you know, I was pregnant with my first child, um, with Christian, and we um, I just went to a routine checkup, my 38-week checkup, 
I was hooked up to the fetal heart monitor, and and at first they found uh, that I had preeclampsia, which was a joy because, you know, you kind of swell up and, and you just, <laughs> you're not feeling really pretty at that point in time anyways. Um, but they put me on a bed rest for that. Well, as they were getting ready to release me, um, my heart just started beating erratically, and it was actually picked up on the fetal heart monitor. Now, I had kind of alluded to the fact that I had noticed some things like that before, but any time that the doctors would would recommend an EKG and I'd have that done, you know, nothing was happening. And so they, they never had anything documented, so I never had any real clear direction on that. Just thought it was, you know, just a, a random thing that happened. And so they sent that uh, to a cardiologist in Sioux Falls and um, it was determined that I had um, what's called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Um, it's a congenital heart rhythm disorder uh, where you just have, you know, periodic episodes where your heart rate can get up to over 200 beats per minute. Um, you know, you can faint, you can be dizzy. Uh, it's not something that's extremely rare by any means. Um, but, you know, when you are that close to delivering your first child and they have to, you know, get the, the EMTs to come up and administer adenosine shots to you to get your heart back into the normal rhythm, you know, I mean, it just, it literally just scared me so much because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what to expect. And so, you know, I'm sure my doctor will probably never forget this birthing experience <laughs> her entire life, but um, they loaded us up and, and we flew to the next um, bigger hospital that had a cardiologist uh, there and on staff. And uh, we we're going to be set to deliver in the ICU. Well, the good news was I didn't have to actually go through with that. Um, we, you know, we got things under control, but, um, you know, and my son was delivered safely, you know, thank goodness. But after that, you know, I had some decisions to make. And so I visited with a cardiologist and he said, okay, so for this Wolf-Parkinson-White, um, the most common thing that people do is, is they have an ablation. And so they just go in um, and, and they basically burn off. It's, a, it's an extra electrical pathway in the heart. So they would burn off that extra pathway, and it pretty much takes care of it. Um, I was, gosh, how old was I? 28, I think, at the time. And and so I decided, yep, you know, I've got a lot of life in front of me. Now that I know what it is, let's get it taken care of. So I did. And at Let's my, my follow-up... Hang on, i got to back you up. Just go in yeah. can mean a lot of different things. You just made that sound really easy, and anything with your heart isn't easy, just going in. What What is that? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, can you repeat what you just said? I, I asked you what, ju you said just go in and fix it. Oh, but what it does sound easy, doesn't it? Mean because you made it sound really easy, and I have a feeling it wasn't. Um, they they took me to it's called a cath lab, and they um, thread these little thin um, I don't call them probes, but um, little thin pieces up. They enter through uh, your groin, uh, through your neck, and and they thread those into the heart, and from there they can manipulate the heartbeat. So that way they can find where that extra tissue and where that extra pathway is. And then once they find that, then they can use those same catheters to um, put heat on that and, and cauterize it. And then 
from there, you know, once you're you're all healed up and such, then um, your heart doesn't have the option in the electrical system to to take that extra pathway and to start beating really fast. It should maintain your normal regular heartbeat. And um, the cardiologist said that about 99, 98, 99% of the time that completely fixes the issue. Is that a little bit better explanation? Yeah. Uh, well, I think, yeah, for people listening who who might not know what that is and what you went through to, you know, just mm-hmm. understand. Because um, anytime you're dealing with the heart, it's not very simple to fix. Well, no. And, it, you know, I remember going in that morning and, I was like, do you have a will? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, you're too young to think about those, those kind of things. Right. And, uh, you know, and then when I was recovering at the end, you know, I remember the nurse um, pushing me around in the wheelchair when we were kind of getting out of the room, and, and she's like, oh, by far, you are the youngest one here. You need to watch yourself. <laughs> I said, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. And when I had my follow-up appointment, um, the doctor said to me, he's like, you know, you really need to look at your weight. Um, you really could have some improvement there. Now, um, with my first pregnancy, I Can think, you, you know, nicely? I... I <laughs> <laughs> By the way, your, your weight's off, you know. Was there any, was there any, you know, prepping you for that, for that comment? No. I think I'd be mad. No, but, <laughs> you know... Well, you know, that was kind of part of my, my deal. I mean, being a younger person, you know, when I when I was pregnant, I was like, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, yeah. I don't need to, to exercise more. I'll eat what I want, and, you know, and it'll just all fall off later. And that's not how it works. I'm sure there's others that can relate to that. Oh, and, yeah. I gained 80 and 100 pounds pretty much with each of the four kids. I think the lowest amount I gained was maybe 60. But anybody mm-hmm. who looked at me in the last few months of my first pregnancy, I had the same thing, that preeclampsia stuff and the whole oh, bed rest. and every, I mean, I just ballooned up. It was so dangerous. And I, I yeah. thought this thing, like this was years ago too, when people weren't like, yeah, exercise when you're pregnant and do all these great things. This was, I thought it was like license to eat. Exactly. I did too. And I really, I wanted to sleep all the time. I was so tired. But I just, you know, I I didn't know any better, I guess. I just assumed that that's the way it was. And so I just kind of went with the flow and, and enjoyed, you know, my ice cream and, and whatnot. But, um, I, you know, prior to that, I was never, and I, I'm still not, I'm not a genetically thin person. Um, and you can look through through my Facebook feed, and you I mean you can tell, you know I I was a lot heavier. I've never really been an extremely or naturally person, and so it was always kind of a rough battle for me. And and throughout high school, I did develop some unhealthy um, eating habits, and so when I kind of went crazy you know, after or during the pregnancy. And then afterwards when he told me that, I was just like, ah, you know, I, I don't know. Seeing myself and seeing that number on the scale, you know, it just really it, it just really kind of put me down. But I really still was under that guise of, you know, oh, it's just going to fall off. And, and so I did, you know, try to, to make a little bit of an effort because that heart issue just kind of clicked in my mind then and said, you know what, 
maybe I should be a little bit more proactive. You know, one day the, the light bulb came on. And so, you know, I started to eat a little bit better. I tried, to, you know, to, to buy uh, cookbooks that were heart healthy um, and, and try to follow those. To be honest with you, I didn't give probably, I don't know, 70% effort, maybe maximum, you know, to doing it just because I thought it was going to take care of itself. You know, I, I, I was gung-ho for a while, and then I just kind of fell off the wagon. And like then, everybody uh, does. That's the yeah, story of... Yeah, it, it was so hard. And so at that point then, we got a call that Mike's mom, Robin, who, I, did you get a chance to meet her? Or Mark's oh, husband, Mark's I, yeah, she's one of my favorites, and... That's, yeah, that's, I was hoping you would say something. I, I'm trying. To, I was trying to figure out how to how to say that delicately and and everything because she's. Oh, I love my Robin. I miss yeah. my Robin. and so we got the call one night that, that she had had a heart attack and she passed away. And you yeah. know, it was it was a blow to the family. It really was. I mean, Mike knew that um, you know heart attacks had, had kind of run in the family. You know, his uh, grandparents had passed from that and. And um, his uncle had already had a few heart attacks, actually, I think, um, by that time, Bill. And so that event was really another wake-up call for us to, you know, I mean, all these signs just kind of kept appearing that, you know, we need to we need to take control of this. And so, you know, we again kind of got really gung-ho on the um, losing some weight, trying to be healthier. Well, then... I uh, got pregnant with my second, and so I said this time around, I'm not, I'm not going to be the way that I was before. I know that I have to to do some exercise. You know, I have to walk. I have to be more conscious of what I'm eating. You know, you don't need to to eat a double helping of everything. You know, just a few extra calories for your your nourishment. And I did a lot better this time around with the second pregnancy. But um, I, I just kind of went through a life event. Um, at the end there, and I just, I felt really, really ugly, really unworthy, and I went through a, a period of, of depression. Yeah, and, uh, it was like you had po- like postpartum depression or depression with the pregnancy? Um, it was definitely a postpartum, um, but just it, just some events in, in life happened that yeah. kind of t- uh, started the process. And, um, you know, towards the end there, I, I would just, I, I would look at my daughter and knew, you know, that I had to keep on going and that I, I was worthy, um, but I just really, I, I sank to a, a low. And I began to, to comfort myself by eating more again. And this time, you know, months later, after that, I was the heaviest that I'd ever been in my life. And... I look back on those pictures and I'm like, oh, how, you know, what, what was, what was happening? And I'll compare so, you know, with you. I bet Mike's words. I'm really serious. <laughs> I did the same thing. I, have, I, 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 you know what? I'm proud of you. I'm gonna stop you for a second. I'm so proud of you for sharing that with people because it's a lot of people feel shame and guilt and embarrassment and all these things and more and more. Um, if you can get people to talk about it and actually say, yeah, that happened to me, other people say, yeah, that happened to me, yeah, that happened to me, yeah, that happened to me, or, and it helps people who it's happening to. Now, well, it, we I, recognize I it, so. when I was pregnant, people, no one, you know, no one talked about it. Yeah, and I just, 
I don't know. I was just not in a right frame of mind to where I felt like I belonged or, you know, and it, my marriage suffered. Um, I was hoping, you know, that the relationships with my kids didn't suffer, but you know, they might've too, because I just, I did not have the self-esteem. I didn't, you know, I just didn't believe that I was worth anything. And so just, again, we were on that roller coaster ride and I decided, you know, for myself, I woke up one day and I was like, Jill, this is enough. You need to do something. Your heart history, your life history, you know, you've got two kids now that depend on you and you've got to be a role model to them. You know, how are, what are they going to have to look up to if you are feeling this way about yourself? A lot too, if you've got heart, heart issues. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You know, it's a, it's already you know strikes against you, and yeah. so you need to set those those patterns early. And so, yeah, I just I decided to take control of of my life. Well, then there was another event, and Mike's uncle, Robin's brother, also passed away from a heart attack. And you know, this kind of opened Mike's eyes as well again. And we were like, all right, this is it. This is the time. And we really made that change for for real this time, and um, you know that was that was three years ago, and I um, yeah started taking some classes. You know, I had to find out something that that worked for me. You know, before I was always like, oh, gyms are too expensive. I'm just going to do something at my home, which may work. You know, for people, if that's your only option, by all means, take advantage of it. Um, but what I found for myself in my own experience is that I would say that I would do something at home, but then all of a sudden something else took my attention away or something else took priority. And so I just, you know, didn't do it. So I decided to join classes because, you know, they were going on. If you if you put some money into it, you know, you had a little something else invested in it. Um, and I started taking some Zumba classes, which, oh, my gosh, those were so fun. It's fun, isn't it? And it was a blast. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. And, I loved it. I, I do up, you know, Zumba Wii. You know yes, the Wii? I've done that old, but I yeah. do it anyway. I loved it. Zumba on the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun. And the instructor was really, she did really good to where you could catch on, you know, to where you didn't feel like you were, you know, just standing like, oh, please put me in the back of the room so nobody sees, you know, that I'm messing up or anything. I mean, she just made you feel comfortable that you were there. And, I started to develop some friendships with the girls that were there. And so I really looked forward to seeing them. And it was fun. So I started doing I'm going to pause you for one second. We're about to lose everybody live. We go into record mode here. This is because of me because it was 15 minutes late. So if you want to continue listening to us, dial in at 714-868-0 and press 1. And you can hear the rest of the show. Otherwise, what happens is it's going to cut off live here in about a minute, and you can listen to the end of the show on replay by clicking the link. All right, keep going. You can remember. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> okay. I I started with the Zumba. I enjoyed it, and it, it started to keep me going. And I started to see a little progress, you know, and I was feeling better. And so at that point in time, I also um, decided to, to get a membership at our family YMCA. Um, Mike's um, employer also provides as part of their health health initiatives 
um, encouragement to go to the YMCA too. So we signed up as a family, and um, I started going, and I, I started, uh, you know, just doing, you know, treadmill, uh, elliptical machine, that kind of thing. Um, just because, you know, you walk into a place, and you, immediately the first time you, you just kind of feel uncomfortable because you're like, oh, who's looking at me and who's, you know, when in, in oh, reality. Yeah, I know. Yeah, nobody nobody cares. You, just you know what I find thing. when you go into a place like that? There's not one person looking at you. And then the second thing is there are so many different people exercising. And you actually, if you look around, you become so proud of who's there. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's so yeah, if anybody is uh, of doing, you know, any kind of membership and they have contemplated that, you know, don't think that people are going to stare at you. I mean, there might be one or two that are like, yeah, who is that? But otherwise, you know, they're engrossed in doing their own thing, so I wouldn't yeah. worry about it. But but yeah, I did that, and then as I I started to to become more acclimated, I guess is a word for it. Um, I really kind of had this thought of, all right. I can go myself and I can, you know, walk on a treadmill or whatever, but what can we do together? You know, what can we do as a family so that way we're setting that example for our kids? And also, you know, I mean, at this point I was with both of Mike's mom and his uncle passed away. I was like, you know, maybe he needs it more than than ever. And so he is a runner and really enjoys that. So. Yeah, so we started thinking, oh, let's train and let's do some some 5K races. And so I didn't use a particular program, but I I kind of would keep track of my progress and to see how I was going, you know, and be first, you know, I could do one mile um, running or, or jogging and not have to, to walk or take a break. And then it was okay, two miles. And it was, so what was your one mile the first time? Because I've been doing this lately. Um, I am not, I call it wogging. It's this really, it's in my book, it's like this really awful combination of like walking and running. And like if you think <laughs> somebody's looking, you're running because you want to be cool. And then otherwise you're just like passed out trying to walk <laughs> kind of thing. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. And um, for anybody listening who's who's thinking about trying to get fit, I, I always think one of the best ways of doing that just to start is just to go up to the local track even and walk four times around the track and just see what your time is. And I've been kind of fa- I've I've been fascinated. I've helped some people lose weight by the time they get all discouraged they're like, "Oh my god, I walked it in like 25 minutes." And 7 months later they're walking it in like 15 or whatever. It's just that one thing of like what you're saying, like doing that mile and clocking uh-huh. it, seeing what you walk it in, and then maybe run it in or walk it in or whatever you're going to do. It's cool to see the time come down as you get better, isn't it? Like, what can, can you run a yeah, mile now? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep, I, I do miles, and um, and I guess I can put it in a quantity of, uh, when we started doing the 5K races, I did um, my first one, and I was just nervous as I'll get out just because... <laughs> I was never in track. You know, I was in track yeah. once, and, and I threw the discus, and that's because, you know, at in a really small, small school, the throwing was for the people that couldn't run. So that's what I did. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so uh, when I signed up for my first race, uh, I walked most of it, and which is great, and I think I came in around 54 minutes. So that was my, you know, just my first benchmark. benchmark. Well, 
I decided, you know, that's a great way since the distance doesn't change, you know, to, to track my progress. And year after year, I've been doing that and I've been seeing the times come down, down, and down. And I think the next one I ran was like 45 minutes, um, okay. then down to the mid-30s, and now I'm, I'm down to the high 20s, um, which I don't think I'm going to, you know, improve a lot more than that. I mean, there's, there's some people that are naturally born to run, I think, like my husband, that, you know, they're just they're human gazelles, it. And, and it just looks so effortless. And I just kind I of, think their bones are lighter. On, but, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, actually, men's men, <laughs> men's bones are a little bit more. I love to blame but, heavy bones on it. I don't know why. It's like I yeah, just I feel know. heavy. They're <laughs> like, just so light. Yeah, they're hollow. light and effortless. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, that's been great for me as a benchmark to be able to see, you know, how I'm, how I'm improving. And yeah. so at that point, you know, I started – uh, to add other things. I started meeting people and, you know, they invited me. They said, hey, why don't you come to our boot camp class? And so I, I tried that. Uh, again, I was a little intimidated because, you know, these are people I and mean, they're just well-defined and, and whatever. But uh, I joined and slowly but surely, you know, I, I became a part of the group. And the I, I just won't ever forget, you know, the instructor would would email me if I was gone because I tried not to miss a class. And I had a really good streak going for a long time. But um, I, when I did actually miss a class, you know, she, she sent me a message and said, hey, I noticed that you were gone this morning. What were you doing? And so that accountability has become really important to me. It's a really good source. Of, you know, the, the people in the class are a source of inspiration. And just because I know now that they're looking for me and they're going to question why I'm not there, you know, it makes it a little bit easier to wake up in the morning and, and go and do those classes. But I, I did that. Um, I'm starting to get more into weight now uh, because developing the muscle is really important as well. And um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm really kind of exploring. I'm trying to keep it fresh and new, but uh, I ended up taking off um, 50, well over 50 pounds and I've Wonderful. kept it off now for two years. And I feel great. You know, am I going to be a little bit nervous, uh, you know, to do fitness wear at Mrs. International? Yes. Yeah, have um, fun with that. But, That's not even remotely fun. I I really, I, I remember sitting here, like, and don't get scared from this or anything like that, because I, I just wasn't, I just wasn't toned. Like, right when I did that pageant, it was like nothing on me cooperated to lose weight. And I'm like, this is awful. Between the one-piece and the two-piece options, I'm like, well, both of them are awful, <laughs> so what do I do, you know, kind of thing on me. They, Everybody else, here's the way I felt like when I was there, and everybody was like, oh, relax. I felt like everybody else looked good in that but me. That's the way I well, felt I on, in that, and I noticed when I went there, everybody felt the same way. <laughs> everybody yeah, was like, I think everybody else so looked easy. good in this but me, and everybody thought yeah. that about everybody else. It was so it's so funny. easy to have that mindset. It really is. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to combat, you know, because I'm proud of where I've come from. Yeah. I've pr- I'm proud of the progress that I've made. You know, I know, and I think it's important for the listeners to know as well, that, you know, there's always going to be somebody faster. There's always going to be somebody who's thinner. better looking or thinner or more defined. And that doesn't define you. 
and just be proud of where you are. I mean, your your body is is amazing and the things that it can do. And so, you know, I'm getting excited. I chose the one piece. Um, I'm, you know, the, the two piece shift failed long ago. Um, but I, I'm, yeah, me too. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. <laughs> I wanted to rock, rock sweats. I'm like, my workout outfit is like sweats. Can I wear that? <laughs> you know, here's my t-shirt and sweats. Let me rock that across the stage. It'll be perfect. Yeah. But no. I'm glad that that international <laughs> gives you an option of that one or two piece too, because yeah. you know, I just ladies should be excited about themselves, you know, and of course, as a, someone who's representing the American Heart Association, they want somebody who is healthy, um, and so that's why they have that portion of the competition as well, um, but, you know, let's just, let's celebrate our accomplishments, and so, yeah, I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited for that. Well, you know, uh, and talking to you, too, it almost sounds like your your real platform is like shape up for your heart. It it sounds to me, yep, you volunteer and do all these things, but it really sounds to me like you've changed your whole life um, based on not only your own heart issues but family heart issues um, and have I really, mean, really completely done a redo. Congrats yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, and it's become a big part of our life, I mean, but... Yeah. I, and I don't want to dis- discount volunteerism no. at all, but when I kind of looked at at competing um, in Mrs. International and thinking, because, you know, it is, is a job, um, and this competition is your job interview, and I just got to thinking, I was like, you know, can I be the best candidate for the job? And I wanted to look at the qualities that I had and and the skills yeah. that I possessed and such and, and to see, you know, if I would be a good fit. And so I really was comfortable with, um, international pageants because of my heart experience and also because of the, you know, the volunteer work that I do because a big part of it is, you know, how you are um, involved in your community. And there is a link between volunteering and heart health. So I want to make sure that, that I bring that up too uh, because a, and a component of volunteering is the benefit to the person. You know, and the, volunteering is such a selfless activity, but to be honest with you, you know, there is another side and it does do you good. Um, and, and there is a lot of a growing body of studies that are showing that link between volunteering and heart health, um, you know, in addition to lower mortality rates, lower risk of depression uh, and such. And um, if I can, I'd like to just take a minute to share one of my favorite uh, appearances uh, dealing with my platform of volunteerism, if I could. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what do you think? Maybe like five, ten more minutes and then we'll and then we'll wrap up. That's what I was Yeah, no, that's fine. For. You, you, work? you okay. tell me, girl, I don't want to cut off. Too long. I, I get that it's late everywhere. Yeah. No, that that would be fine. You just kinda if I start rambling, you just give me the cue. Um but <laughs> the the most favorite uh, appearance that I've had is I got to be the keynote speaker for senior core week in a, a town no, I don't know, about an hour and a half away from Spencer. And um, for those who don't know, um, Senior Corps is the ability uh, for folks that are 55 and older to be involved in programs um, like foster grandparents where they step in and um, be a grandparent figure for a, a child who really needs that um, support in their life. Um, also, the Retired Seniors Volunteer Program, or RSVP, 
and then also senior companions. And those um, are folks that would go and, and help somebody if they needed uh, assistance getting groceries or house cleaning, um, things like that. And so for the Senior Corps Week, it was a celebration that we were giving awards to folks that volunteered over 4,000 hours. I mean, I just look at that and I'm like, oh, that is so amazing wow. because here I'm talking about, you know, you should 50 do 50 a in a year. And, <laughs> and they're doing 4,000, but I, I got to speak to them and tell them a little bit what, about what I was doing as Mrs. International and the different opportunities that I had. And at the end, oh, my gosh, they just, you know, told me stories about how their lives have been touched by the different people that they've worked with. And at one point, um, one of the, the um, oh, the, the director, I think it was the executive director, one of um, the other staff members came up to me and said, this program is life-changing for a lot of these folks because they they said to me, I could be at home, you know, watching Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune. I could be sitting on my couch all day, but being a foster grandparent or a senior companion gives me that motivation that I that I am important, that I'm doing something that is important to somebody else and that I'm affecting somebody's lives. It's the reason I wake up in the morning. And those words just touched me. I mean, I, I, I teared up a little bit because it was just, it was so meaningful. And it just showed that no matter what age you are, you can have such an impact on somebody else's life by giving them your greatest gift, which is yourself. It was amazing. You know, that even though I was related to my Aunt Barbara, that reminds me so much of my Aunt Barbara. Um, because she took she just like took me under her wings and Billy and everybody and my parents were always really busy the wonderful parents and everything but when my parents couldn't take care of me they did and they were just so that's what that reminds me of for some reason I don't know I just thought I'd say that um but isn't it amazing how people step in and help each other it is it is and you know the mentoring is something that is so important and the children who are mentored or young people that are mentored, they're going to do better in school. Um, they're less likely to make um, negative life choices. And yeah. so, you know, I urge any listeners out there that, you know, are, could connect with youth, um, mentoring is a really big area that needs help. And there are so many programs that are out there that will match you up with somebody who needs that, that positive influence in their life and it's so impactful. Yeah, sometimes it is a family member too. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a you know total stranger or anything like that. But yeah, like for me, my mentor was Aunt Barbara, hands down for years. She took me under her wings and showed me so many different things. But um, anyway, um, uh, that is just that is so fascinating and so helpful. And you said Spencer, Iowa. I was going to ask you. I I couldn't remember what part of Iowa you were in, but you're in Spencer, Iowa. Is that what you just said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Spencer, Iowa. We're in, in northwest Iowa. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and i got to give a shout-out to the people of Spencer really quick, too, because the, the reason that I am involved as much as I am, or part of the reason, um, is because Spencer has the atmosphere that is so conducive to giving your time. Um, I've seen firsthand 
how volunteering can help build your community. I mean, if you're giving your time or your money to something, you become invested in it, and you want to see it grow, and you want to see it prosper and do well. And there's been so many initiatives, like um, like our Blue Zones initiative, that really has a big part um, of volunteering and, and community betterment projects, like um, making you know planting in the in the boulevards and such to make the, the town attractive to spur economic development. I mean, there's just so much opportunity. So i got to give a shout-out to Spencer. It's a wonderful area to grow up in and to live. Yeah, and, they, and it sounds like they're behind you a kajillion percent with everything you're, you're doing here with competing in Mrs. International in a few weeks, which is really exciting. Yeah. I, um, they're going to have to take your luggage to the airport and make sure everything is going to be a lot of luggage. <laughs> have fun with that. Make sure you bring slippers, oh. band-aids, and... Those pad things for the balls of your feet, which are going to hurt, I promise you. Um, Thank you. Oh, I, I have bought. I should probably take out stock in Dr. Scholl's, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any any other things that I need to know, you you let me know what needs to be on my packing list because I'm one that tends <laughs> I tend to overpack everything, and I don't know if, if <laughs> with all the baggage how much it costs. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, I think it's just important to have everything kind of planned out according to the uh, events that you're you're doing. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that are a lot better pageant, uh, pageants than I am, but, you know, they have specific events and re- and rehearsals. You you know, you want to make sure, I, I think always, that you look like Mrs. International. Um, I know one of the, the things that I did wrong when I went there was um, not having, I didn't, I didn't take rehearsal clothes seriously, and, and, not that you know you have to be decked out in a in a gown at rehearsals or things like that, but you know I think you want to be a little bit more presentable than I was. You know you don't yes. want to be. Well, you know what I mean, you don't want hair on top of your head and glasses on <laughs> in rehearsals, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Because judges come in all the time and see you and stuff like that. And I I think the same yeah. holds true for the elevator and halls and restaurants and and yes. Never know you who you're going to always on. Like that. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect and, and you know and in your evening gown all the time. But I think being put together, I I think some people get carried away, and you know walk around in five-inch heels, you know, in the elevators to go get you know, you know, candy bar down the hall or whatever if they're hungry. And I don't think we need to go that far, but you know I wouldn't go out in my curlers. Sure. Well, and I've been very fortunate. I have a really good seamstress um, that I've worked with, yeah. Barb Bohr, and she's really making sure that my wardrobe, you know, looks the best right. that, that it can be. And, and so I can be as confident as I can be because I really want yeah. to use that job interview. And yeah, for anybody it, that... What did you say? Oh, I said for anybody that has contemplated ever doing a pageant, and let me again tell you, you know, I'm I'm closer to 40 than I am 30, and I never in a million years thought that I might be doing this. But I I'm so glad that I did, because yeah. this experience has been just what I'm looking for. It's just what I needed um, in my life, and I think that I bring a lot to the table. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm your next title holder. But I would really encourage them to look at Mrs. International. It's a wonderful system, um, and it's just like a big family already. So it is. Uh, it's Mrs. And, com, and so check it out. Yeah, Mrs. International.com. And the other thing I think, too, is, is I, I, w- I was very much of the um, opinion to show up as you 
and nobody else but you. And on, I, I really do think it on any day, anybody, it sounds cliche, but on any day, on any set of judges, on anything, somebody's going to win. And I, I was of the mindset to not so crazy. Um, there were people, that, you know, there's always somebody upset that they didn't win or place or do this or that. And I went to show up as my best me and make friends and have a pleasant time and, you know, that, that kind of thing. A little bit more mellow than there were a lot of people spending a lot of money to be coached to win and do this and that and all this stuff, you know, and, you know, and I just didn't engage in that. And um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of different theories on how to win a pageant, and I think the best one is to just be you. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, you have to be yourself because you can't be, you know, be the best you, not a second-rate version of somebody else because you can't exactly. keep up being that person forever. And I think judges will see right through that. Um, I I have gotten the ability, um, you know, because I have not competed before, I did seek out um, an interview coach because interview is the, the most important or it carries the largest weight of scoring. Um, and so I have been fortunate enough to work with Susie Boots, who is just an amazing woman and has given such great um, advice and, and such on, on interview. And it really is. It is about you. You know, you're and, – and the title of Mrs. International changes or the, the title holder defines, you know, what that title is going to be. There's not a same person every single year. And so, you know, it, it's neat to see that they don't have to fit a a cookie-cutter image. Yeah, and what I think also is important about that part of the pageant is those are lifelong skills that you're developing. By even going through this process, you you walk away with a better way to talk, walk, carry yourself, talk to other people, you know, all those things. It's, you know, it's real good. Her I love Susie Boots. Her her coaching is phenomenal, and she she helped mm-hmm. me also. And I I scored super high in interview. My downfall was fitness, um, but I I scored very high in interview and had just a ton of fun. That part was so much fun. It's like, what do you want me to talk about? Okay, cool, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and you kind of got to rein it in because there's only so much time. But um, you know, being on point with what they're what you're answering um, was critical and. And um, I think the need, I think somebody said it really well. You know, they might be looking for an apple and you're a pear, or they might be looking for a pear and you're a peach, and you know, all these different things. And so, I think it's just important to just be you. And I, I found that it was very important to never tie my self worth into any of it. Mhm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's it's having having a crown does not validate you. You know, can I still go out and people? Can I still tell them my story and, and hopefully inspire people to make healthier life choices and, and to get out and volunteer? You bet. And I'm going to continue to do that. And and so I'm not looking at it as win or lose. Uh, I'm just looking at it as win or not win because, you know, any different different day, different set of judges, different winner. And the truth is, you know, there is only one winner. And if it's, you know, we're we're all tools to be used for, for something in life by God. And and so if it's not my time or if that's not my purpose, then then it's not, you know, but I'll still c- continue to carry on the work 
and, you know, celebrate the, the woman who gets the chance to be able to carry that on because it's going to be an amazing opportunity and, and you know, win or not win, I will have gained so much from it. And it, it's just been a great experience. So, and I got, no I regret. got there and I was, I actually got there and I was like, oh, there's not any chance that I'm winning this. So we're going to back off from that standpoint and just do our best. And, you know, I, you could, I could tell, you know, you can just tell. And so I had fun and did all sorts of stuff. Um, but the one, the one really cool thing that came out of my experience from that is I wrote the, a lot of my book um, on the plane flights and during the quiet moments when other people were rehearsing, I had a journal with me. I would strongly suggest putting a blank journal with you and sort of documenting the experience. Um, okay. Because I know you have a website and a blog spot and all that stuff, and you might have some fun with it, but um, a lot of my book developed from that experience. Well, that's neat to know. Yeah, so it's, it's, I look forward to recording some of those memories, definitely. Yeah. I've got to empty I up my phone and get rid of my 2,000 yeah. pictures so I can fill it up with <laughs> 2,000 more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know social media was... Uh, you know, it was, it was popular, but not as popular as it is now. So I, I'm a writer, and, and I, you know, had a pen and paper and things like that um, for a different purpose of, you know, being, writing my book. But um, a lot of the inspiration came from this experience. So and I, I write about it there. And a lot, of, a lot of what I wrote about self-worth and self-esteem and all those mm-hmm. things came from this experience because I noticed there were a lot of people there who were tying their self-worth into the whole thing. And I sort of backed off from that. I'm like, uh, that's not going to be what comes from this for me. Um, you know, crown or no crown, I am who I am. And we're leaving here intact, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Not all upset exactly. that we didn't win because we were too fat or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I've been through that experience before, younger in pageants, where I'm like, oh, God, I didn't win. You know, my thighs are too big or whatever. And we're going to have none of that. So it was nice to kind of grow as a human being and, and not have those feelings. Um, exactly. Okay, we're going to wrap up. It was so cool um, having you on the show, number one. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate you asking me. I mean, what an honor. That's, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Well, we love, we love our cool guests on the Best Ever You show. So we have a lot of fun, and um, we have a lot of fun promoting people and, and um, come back, and you can let it. You know, we'll do a quick twenty on how you did, if you want to. If you know. Yeah, that would be great. And people can um, also kind of follow what I've done if they're interested. They can look at my social media. Um, I'm on Facebook under Mrs. Iowa International, um, Jillbury's Bar. I'm on Twitter. Uh, do a blog, so Jillbury's Bar at blogspot.com, um, so you can read more about my story and, and interact with me that way. Because I'd be happy to answer any questions or you know be able to talk to people. I love to interact with people all over. So please feel free to contact me anytime. Perfect. And I'm going to um, I'm gonna fix up the show description to include the links to all of your social media and a little bit more about you and um, your, your platform and, and everything. So I didn't have a chance to do that today because I was running around everywhere. Um, but thank you so very much for being on the show. Good luck. May your feet you. not hurt <laughs> ever. <laughs> and we'll leave it on that. But make uh, sure and update us. <laughs> yeah, let let us know who you're rooming with. And make sure and update us with pictures. We'll share them and um, give uh, give everybody there a big hug. I know a couple of the of the beautiful women that you're competing with. I know Dr. Blake, and I know Deanna Lynn. So make sure and give them big hugs. 
from Elizabeth. Deanna Lenz is the one who gave me her socks for fitness because I had the wrong socks. So we got to give a shout-out to her. She's awesome. Yeah. So, I will do so. I'm excited right. to meet everybody. Take care. Well. And yes, good luck. And give the family big hugs and lots of love to you and, and good luck again. And um, we'll see you when you get back. All right. Thank you so much again. Have a great evening. All right. And sorry I was late. <laughs> All right. No, Take care, everybody. You're Thanks. fine. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.